Welcome to the All Bases Covered Podcast. We are here to give you your daily fix in sports. I am Mike. We got Sam on the line. How's it going, Mike? Monday morning, Monday evening. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, Monday evening. I think we're going to have uh, our uh, our buddy Josh joining us. Uh, and you mean Hank. Us. You mean Hank, right? Well, Hank, yeah, Josh, Hank, you know, when he says dumb things, it's Hank. When he says smart things, it's Josh. Usually it's Hank that we have speaking. Um, and then uh, we possibly have another guest joining us as well. So we like to uh, keep it fresh here on All Bases Covered. But it's a uh, it's the eve of the NBA playoffs, man. And I hear that uh, you have some uh, good news on the basketball front. I hear uh, somebody took home the uh, fantasy basketball trophy. I did. I did. Actually, uh, surprisingly enough, my 10-9 team somehow made it, you know, past the the two ranking the one and two ranked teams in our league out of twelve, and only four teams make the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I I did my I did my job. I have to give a lot of credit to like pickups, late season pickups that I made, like uh, you know, the Anthony Melton and Davion Mitchell. These guys like really came through, really came through. So, yeah, I pulled it off, man. Ten to nine, you're the underdog. <laughs> Nice man. Uh, so with the uh, with the playoffs starting here, um, the playing tournament starts uh, starts tomorrow. Um, really, the games. I mean, you got Cleveland and Brooklyn, which I, I'm not sure if Cleveland's healthy yet. That's a good matchup. Then you got the Clippers against the Timberwolves, and then Charlotte, Atlanta, and then San Antonio, New Orleans. Now. With San Antonio being a 10th place team and New Orleans being a 9th place team, the loser of that game is out of the playing tournament. Then I believe the winner of that game would be Brooklyn matchup. And then whoever loses between, if they lose to New Orleans there, then that team is out. So Cleveland and Brooklyn would have to lose twice to be out of the out of the playoffs. New Orleans, San Antonio, it's a one-and-done matchup. So, Based on ranking, of course, right? Yeah, based on ranking. ranking. So same with, you know, Charlotte and Atlanta. Oh, and I think uh, Josh is ready to join us here. What happened there? He was joining. uh, Must be having technical difficulties. We'll see if he calls back in again. So, anyways, uh, we got the uh, uh, those matchups. Then looking at the rest of it, what playoff series, Sam, are you? Would you say that you're most looking forward to in the first round? Usually, the four-five matchup is yeah. the closest that we get. Um, but there's there's uh, there's some intriguing ones that I would say are potential for the first round, especially in the East, which I think is deeper. But tell me, tell me some playoff matchups you're looking forward to. So I kind of like the Mavs and the Jazz matchup. That's four and five, like you had mentioned, right? Um, I definitely like the Warriors and Nuggets, how they match up. It's just that, you know, uh, Denver not having two of their really big supporting stars for, for Joker, they've been missing it. Somehow he pulled them to the 60 this year, you know. Um, so I like those matchups in on the on the East Coast, on, on the East side. Um, <clears throat> the Sixers-Raptors matchup, I don't think. I think the Sixers, you know, get out of that, no problem, right? Um, the Bucks and Bulls, I also see the Bucks getting out, you know, uh, relatively pretty easy, right? So it really, it's the, it's after the first round, who they play after that really matters. Like Boston may have a chance to see Cleveland. I mean, sorry, uh, um, the Nets rather, right? Yeah. So that's a matchup I I think Boston does not want to see, right? But it would, it, it would make for good basketball, I think, you know, so let's see. Um, I, I'm telling you what, the, the first-round series, and I think we do have Josh now joining us. He must have been having some phone difficulties. How, how are we doing, Josh? 
I'm good. How are you tonight? Uh, doing good, man. Um, Great. Another one of the first rounds that I'm looking forward to seeing is I, I really honestly think that, well, we talked about Boston and potentially Brooklyn. That's not set yet, though, until after the play-in tournament. But I'm, I'm telling you what, Philadelphia, I think, is an upset alert in the first round. I, I, don't I really agree. I don't really have a lot of in James Harden. Joel Embiid is always a wrong step away from being injured. Um, but Doc Rivers, he gets a lot of credit for being this great head coach. But, man, has, he's led some absolutely loaded teams. He's got one championship to show for it. And he's got two finals appearances. That's it. He was he was head coach of the what, what was it the uh, the Lob City Clippers. Never could get past the conference semifinals. And in Boston, they got the big three, the original big three: Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Now, granted, Garnett and Ray Allen were towards the end of their careers when they joined them. In you Boston. mean probably Pierce? I would say. Because, yeah. like, Allen played a little bit longer after Pierce did it at a more prominent role. But, like, no, I totally agree with you on that on that note where, like, he hasn't been able to take the team far. In the first round, though, I also see another big if is that they play in Toronto. And one of their players, very important players, T. Seibel, only has one vaccination shot, which was, yeah. you know, needed as mandatory. So in order to cross into Canada, he has to have both right. and play in. So, He's going to be a part-timer, which is a big deal because he matches up well against Pascal Siak, you know, uh, from a defensive perspective. But um, yeah, I just, I mean, I just I look at last year getting out of there though. Something. Yeah, I look at last year with the the Seventy Sixers and they're out in the first round. I mean, that no, that was a shock because I thought they were. They lost. Yeah, I thought they were going to be the the team to beat. They lost in the second round last year. Okay. Or was yeah. it the year they before they went out? First round, first round, their first round, they went what seven games though, right? I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think they went. I think they went the distance, and then you really saw Ben. That's when you saw Ben Simmons basically just melt down in front of everybody. He just melted down. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I the Sixers to me, James Harden is not a winner. He's he's not a guy where I feel like if he's your best player, your team's going far. I mean, I granted in Houston, but I, I I struggle to say that he was Houston's best player during those years when they were challenging Golden State. I think it was Chris Paul. And you saw Houston had a 3-2 series lead when Chris Paul got hurt. And then Chris Paul missed the next two games, and Houston couldn't buy a bucket, and, and including one game, I think, where they went like 3 of 31 from three-point range, and they lost in game seven. Uh, Harden to me just—he seems to melt when the pressure gets on him, and I feel like even if the let's say Philadelphia does get past Toronto, you're—they're not getting—I don't know if they're getting past Miami. I still think to me the Bucks—the Bucks are the team to beat in the East until proven otherwise. Even though they're the three seed, I think I think I think, um, think Milwaukee. Um, Honestly, going going places possibly this year. I I, I I don't know. Maybe we get another finals a finals rematch from last year, Phoenix and Milwaukee. But I struggle to see. Golden State is the only team in the West I think that can beat Phoenix in a seven game series if they're healthy. I don't know how healthy Steph Curry is. I but I don't think there's a team there's a single team in the West that can match up with Phoenix like Golden State does. But Golden State has to be healthy. Yeah, yeah, I watch think out Harden, from Memphis. Harden, um, yeah, yeah, Memphis is good too. But Memphis is getting job back after some time off, right? But yeah, and they to, they were like twenty one and two in the last twenty three games. Yeah, they're they're coming they're in hot. Really good though. They're coming oh, yeah. in hot. They're due for some L's, you know. Um, I just to me the reason what we see sometimes is young teams they play harder during the regular season because they're trying to make a name for themselves. But they kind of, when the pressure gets turned up in the playoffs, those young teams need to learn how to win in the playoffs. That's why we don't see a lot of young teams advance real far in the playoffs, because they have to have that disappointment in the playoffs 
to learn from it. Uh, we've we've seen it with Giannis uh, and the Bucks before they won the finally broke broke through and won the championship last year. Uh, we saw it a lot with the Kevin Durant Oklahoma City Thunder teams. Uh, we, we've seen it um, time and time again with a lot of other young teams. They don't they don't win in the playoffs typically. They usually have to lose a couple times and then they start to advance far. Uh, and I feel like Memphis, if they can make it to maybe the conference finals this year, that would be a great – I would say that that's a successful season for them. Even You know, win a playoff series, uh, maybe get to the conference finals. But I, I, I don't know, man. I feel like they're so young that once the pressure really gets turned up in the playoffs, they're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, I have to agree a little bit. I, I just thought it was a great story. They were – the last 23 games, 21 and two, without John ja Morant. That's incredible. Yeah. You, have, you lose your star and you go, you do that good. No, agreed. So, agreed. and then I was. But I was if it comes down to like a clutch like, scenario and you need a bucket, they don't have that guy there. You know, against a Denver, no. against uh, even the Mavs for that matter. You know, um, some of these other teams that have your bonafide star, which you can throw the ball at the last two minutes and let him go nuts, a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, for that matter, right? They don't have that this year if they don't have Ja. If they if they do have Ja, it's a different story though. And I, you know, honestly, and we talked about this several weeks ago, uh, uh, Sam is I had John Morant as my runaway MVP a while ago. To me, he was, but then he misses. He he only played in fifty seven games. He missed the final twenty some odd games. I think that takes him out of the race, but. He was averaging this year 27.4 points per game, six rebounds, seven assists, while sh- while shooting nearly 50% from the field, and he had a PER of 24.4. You know, he was – I mean, then you look, you compare that to some of these other guys. Uh, you compare them um, – let's say uh, – let's take – hell, I'll, I'll put them against Jokic, Okay. Uh, who's probably going to win uh, back-to-back MVPs? Uh, I don't, I, you know, he. No, let's see. Sorry, here, and this is why we need a producer because I'm struggling to punch this in. Here. So, so while we looking that up real quick, I just wanted to point one thing out to you, Mike. That yeah. you know, the numbers they they sound good, but guess whose numbers were almost identical last year? Those numbers were very close to what Zach Levine put up put up last year. So, I mean. I'm not saying from a numbers perspective, definitely not. But with John on on that team, you have a better chance to beat the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, your your star-studded teams, your loaded teams. Yeah, that's what makes him valuable, right? I don't think I, it's the stats because people have better stats or equivalent to him. I mean, heck, you look at LeBron. LeBron was playing two games for a scoring title. If he played the last two games, he yeah. wins the scoring title. So, yeah, you're right. Stats don't really matter. It's that team. They don't, but I'm saying, that, I'm saying though, the, the thing is, though, he had the Grizzlies in a position. Now, the other point to that is they go, as Josh had mentioned, 21-2 and two without him. So what is he really that valuable, right? If your team right. – how valuable are you if your team goes 20 – now, if the Grizzlies had kind of – I don't want to go in the tank, but let's say the final 23 games they go 10-13. and 13. Maybe Ja has a better case for MVP because it's hard to sit there and say, "Oh, he's the most valuable player when your team goes twenty-one and two without you." So I don't, I don't see, I don't see the like exactly to that point. I don't see the Nuggets going twenty-one and three without Joker. I don't see, um, you know, the the Sixers doing that without Joel Embiid. Uh, the Bucks doing that without Giannis. I don't see that happening right. either way, right? You're, you're right. No, none of the teams are going to do that. Oh no, hundred percent not. So, in the least shocking news today, Frank Vogel was fired by the Lakers. We've all seen this. Surprise, ton. surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Vogel won a championship not that long ago. Uh, won a championship with the Lakers. But now we're talking about his replacement. Um, I don't know who is it going to be. And is this, is this a dream? Is, this, is the Lakers coach still a destination job? Not with so LeBron. I just read. I just read. Yeah, I, I just read an article 
where someone from on ESPN where someone asked LeBron about the the roster moves and stuff like that, and his response was, "Oh, I don't have anything to do with the roster," and that's complete crap. Well, so any other coach that comes and, in is going to have to deal with the headaches that are that are already there. Okay. Yep. So I don't oh, see that as a LeBron. coaching job. What was that, Josh? I said it's one hundred percent LeBron. Are you look at every is, team right after he leaves? They go in the tank. Every team after he they, leaves, they go to the tank. They do. They do because he he pushes to have veteran players, and they deal all their youth. Lakers got rid yep. of Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Josh Hart as well. Josh Hart, five players, five young players, so that and picks and picks and picks, so they could bring in Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook, and, and, and what what does that win you? Anthony Davis is Mr. Glass, right? He's he is Samuel Jackson from the fucking movie Unbreakable, and he he could fucking fall down, and uh, he shattered his he shattered his tibia now, and he's out for fifty two games. Like he he doesn't stay healthy, he doesn't stay healthy, and LeBron wanted nothing to do with it. Same thing in Cleveland. He had Kyrie Irving already. He didn't want Andrew Wiggins. They dealt Wiggins for Kevin Love. Then they bring in J.R. Smith. They had Tristan Thompson. Then they had a bunch of other veterans like Richard Jefferson and God knows who else that second time around the Cavs. But the Cavs team, Kyrie said he didn't want to play with LeBron anymore, so he leaves. Kevin Love was a shell of his former self. I, he, LeBron just he does this, and if I'm the if I'm a coach especially a coach like Nick Nurse, I'm not leaving Toronto to go high, to go play, to go coach LeBron. I, I, I talked about this earlier with you, uh, uh, Sam, when we were talking. It, it, there's no glory in coaching LeBron because if you lose, all the blame goes to you. It's not LeBron's fault. It's never LeBron's fault. No, all of the, all the blame goes to you. And if you win, it's not because of you. It's because of LeBron. It's a thankless job. I've I've always said this, like when it comes to when it comes to LeBron, like every team LeBron goes to, they mortgage their future to try to win now, and it usually ends up not working because you can see how many rings he really has. Like after appearing in the finals for however many times, and yeah, you could say the competition he faced was was you know tough, you know at whatever points. That's fine, but at the end of the day, a loss is a loss is a loss, right? So. Every team he goes to, they they have no future when they leave. Just like the way Josh was saying, they they end up tanking. And and some of them, like Cleveland, is finally like showing some life after LeBron leaving. It's been a couple of years now he's he's left, right? Yeah, yeah. And how long did it take Miami time, to get back into it too? No exactly. How long did it take Miami to get back? Exactly. They had to bring Jimmy Butler, draft a bunch of Tyler Hero, Duncan Rob. They had to draft Damn, good players. No, because they – yeah, Miami was like one of those teams that hovered around 42 wins, 43 wins, and was like a 6, 7, or 8 seed most years. And Spolster is a good coach. And that's purely based on Spo, though. Like, they would have been even worse off if Spo wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. Like, LeBron leaving, that, that 6, 7, 8 team might be sitting at 10 Yeah. if it wasn't for Spo. For sure. I, you know, I just I, – you know, the, the there's three guys that – are starting to pick up a lot of heat. And that's Steve Clifford, who coached Charlotte, and he was uh, with Orlando for a little while. There is Juwan Howard. And then there is David Fisdale, who is an assistant coach for the Lakers right now. Used to coach Memphis. Used to coach uh, the New York Knicks. And he was also uh, an assistant on Spose bench. Uh, I mean, yeah. he was a uh, in Miami, so he's with LeBron back in the day too. Yeah, and and LeBron was very critical of Memphis when they fired Coach David Fisdale, and he's a he's a respected coach. So they they could just look internally to promote David Fisdale. I, I think I think they'll probably consult <laughs> with LeBron, but the idea that they'll get Quinn Snyder or Nick Nurse is laughable. That's pi- that's a pipe dream. No, those two coaches aren't in way better positions. Why would they leave that to go to, to the Lakers? Exactly, exactly. Because when LeBron leaves in a year or two, and you win twenty-two games, 
everybody, your stock is never going to be lower. You're going to go, so whoever the coach is going to be is going to walk into a situation where they're really old, they have no shooting, and there's a loom that LeBron could leave in a year or two. And then and you got like, no future. Yeah, no and, and no picks. You have no picks, no no, no future. No nothing. picks, no future. No nothing. And you have Anthony Davis, the most fragile superstar of all time. Okay? If I'm the Lakers and I'm Jeannie Buss, I don't care how unpopular this is, I'm looking to offload Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis this offseason and maybe LeBron James too and say, I need to get picks back. So who's willing to give me first-rounders for Anthony Davis? Who's willing to give me a first-rounder for LeBron James? So you know, what, you know what's really scary about that? Like a team like the Bucks, who have pretty much everybody locked up on long-term contracts, can be like, sure. There's a first rounder for for LeBron James, and all of a sudden you have, you know, as whatever you want to say at his age, he's still a good facilitator. So then all of a sudden that Bucks team looks super scary, right? It would, but they don't have the cap space to sign LeBron. That's yeah, but I then mean, they're going to want to they're going to want top ten picks. Okay. Yeah, and, and I'm sure some team can give it to him. Now, speaking of LeBron and playing with other superstars. He said on his show, The Shop, or whatever it's called, that dumb show that he does, that he would like to play with Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. And good luck. You know, it <laughs> surprised me now that he's floating this out there because this is what LeBron does. When he's not happy, he puts shit in the air, and he's already planning his next move. He knows he can't win another title in L.A., he also knows that he's older, and he can no longer probably be the best player on a title team. So, if LeBron James goes to Golden State, which there's a way to make it work, um, especially if they let go of Wiggins and maybe Draymond Green, which uh, possibility. But I'm, if LeBron goes and teams up with Steph and Clay, and plus Wiseman and and some of the other young talent, and let's say they win two championships, that would put him at six titles. But I'm not putting him past Michael Jordan at that point. You can't be the GOAT when you constantly leave teams every four years and align yourself with top with the top ten players in the NBA. You just, you Dude, the, the guy runs the moment he starts losing. He pretty much runs. He does. Yep. You, can't, you can't be the GOAT. And it would be like Michael Jordan after they won the first three championships, then him going and saying, okay, let's, uh, Charles Barkley, I'm playing with him, and, I, and I'm going to play with Shaq. Okay, now Charles Barkley's old and Scotty's old. Now, now I want to go run with uh, I want to go run with Kobe, and I want to go run. Uh, yeah, which Kobe. was easily possible as well. I mean, Carl Malone, hell, went along, went along for a ride, you know, with the Lakers. Yeah. That you know. Before exactly. he tore his ACL. It could have easily been done, but, like, he didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. No, Jordan didn't do any of that. He never he, – he always took what the Bulls gave him. And outside of Scottie Pippen, okay, I know Rodman is an excellent defensive player. Defensive player of the year, great rebound, re, great rebounder would mess with people's heads. But everybody has to remember when talking about Rodman that Rodman was zero threat on the offensive side of the ball. And then if you look at the Bulls team on their second three-peat, it was Jordan Pippen, Tony Kukoc. Then you have guys like Ron Harper, who was a great defender. You had Luke Longley and Bill Wennington and Randy Brown and Judd Bushler, Steve Kerr. It's not like they were a loaded squad from top to bottom. They had nice – You were counting on, like, maybe five points from Bushler a game, you know. Like, honestly, you weren't – you know, their responsibilities outside of Kukoc, like Harper, Kukoc, Longley, right, the rest of the guys had, like, eight-point nights, you know, six-point nights, three-point nights, things like that. So the bulk of the work was still done by the main guys. 100%. And I want to point this out. The Lakers in 99-2000, one of their first three-peat teams, they won 67 games. They had Shaq and Kobe, which was Jordan and Pippen. But listen to this bench. Glenn Rice, 
Robert Ory, Rick Fox. Then you had Derek Fisher, and you had Brian Shaw. So Derek Fisher, Brian Shaw, nice players. Derek Fisher is not a stud, but he was a good guard, right? And you had Robert Ory, big shot Bob. You had Rick Fox, who Rick Fox, but before he went to the yeah. Lakers. He, he was a stud, bro. He was a stud in Boston. Yeah, and uh, who else did he play for? Yeah, Bo- yeah, Boston. Rick Fox, uh, almost uh, 15 points a game. Right, in- he was good. As a starter. Yep. And this was coming off the bench of the Lakers. Then you had Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was a multiple-time all-star. All-star, correct. In, in Miami and Charlotte, averaged 24 points a game. And he came to the Lakers. He was only 32, and he was giving them 17 points a game off the bench. Yeah, and a sharpshooter, like sharpshooter, sharpshooter, bro, right? And Glenn Rice was probably better. Glenn Rice was definitely better than anybody that Jordan had other than Pippen, right? Would you, Glenn, yeah. would you take Glenn yeah. Rice or Tony Kukoc? No, no, no. I would definitely take Rice over Kukoc, bro. 100%. 100%. You know, Kukoc only has a sixth man of the year under his belt. Like, Glenn Rice has multiple all-stars. He has, you know – Outbursts of like forty point games, he could score. You know, he was a shooter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He was an All Star Game MVP. So you're right. So I don't know, man. I, I, like I said, I don't want to go back and we go back and forth on bashing LeBron and the Jordan debate. But I, to me, you can't be the goat if you're constantly teaming up with guys. So. Well, All right. Did you hear uh, the story that Curry doesn't? Curry does not want to play with LeBron. Yeah, and he's I already came him. out and said, I don't, I don't want him. to play with him. I don't either. I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him either, guys. Uh, I would say that, like, Curry's like, man, I'm good, you know? And, like – And he he knows that he doesn't want to mess up the, the, the young, you know, team that he's kind of going to be leaving behind when he retires. Golden State, he doesn't want to mess that up for, like, a one-year, two-year stretch or something with LeBron. Yeah, exactly. And then also get no credit. I think Curry – wants to win a championship without Durant again and prove that he's one of the best players in the game. Um, all right, so moving on, guys. Uh, that's it for NBA here. Um, I got to pull out uh, real quick. Uh, I got to pull out our WAG bracket because uh, we've done the, the final fours voted on and then the championships voted on. We were supposed to cover it on Friday. I posted it to our Twitter page anyway. So, uh, a little bit of an upset. Adriana Lima advances to the finals after upsetting Paulina Gretzky, uh, winning the vote, winning 60% of the vote over Paulina Gretzky. And then Harry Underwood with a very narrow decision over Kendall Jenner, uh, winning 53% of the vote. So very close there. Um so then Adriana uh, Lima, Carrie Underwood matched up in the finals, and Carrie Underwood take, took home hottest wife, girlfriend, athlete um, with 72% of the vote. So Carrie Underwood, our WAG winner for the year 2022. What, is, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that one? Uh, deserving? Does Carrie Underwood deserve uh, hottest WAG? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's pretty much the reaction. Yeah, that's this kind, of, kind of shocking. Rip. Oh, man. Tommy would – I mean, if Tommy wasn't in Florida right now, he would be just appalled at your guys' reaction to Carrie Underwood. Well, he isn't now, is he? <laughs> I mean, Carrie Underwood's a, a pretty good-looking girl, but – to beat out some of the other ones, nah, not so much. All right then. All right, so um, Josh, I know you, you'll probably have a lot to say about this. I want to get your guys' takes now on Louis C.K. winning the Grammy for Best Comedy Album, which I took a listen to it. Um, it was it was pretty funny. It's a lot like his a lot of his stuff, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was a giant Louis C.K. fan. I thought he was hysterical i i watched his show louie i watched his 
short-lived but really great show on HBO called Lucky Louie, which was I thought I thought it was phenomenal. I can't listen to them in the same way that I used to. And I'm not sitting here saying people don't deserve second chances, but this dude whipped out his dick on unsuspecting females and just jerked off in front of them. And I just, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't want to sit here and say cancel culture. Uh, you know, there's a lot of famous people that make mistakes. You know, I, I know a lot of NFL athletes were compared to Louis C.K., this is my Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. This is my. This is what I'll say when you compare Tyree Kill and Joe Mixon to Louis C.K. Joe Mixon was a college student at Oklahoma when he got drunk and hit a female student who may or may not have said racial slurs to him. Tyree Kill was a young twenty-year-old man when he did what he did. Twenty-one years old. Wait, you're, you're not going to say what he did, though? So, with Tyreek Hill, well, he did a lot of stuff, allegedly. He beat his yeah. child. He he beat. He choked his pregnant girlfriend at that time. He choked his pregnant girlfriend, yes. <laughs> I'm not saying any of this stuff is right. But what I am saying is when you're 20, 21, 22, and you're young, you make dumb decisions. Louis C.K. was a 40-year-old man. And to me, I... I don't want to sit here and say he should never work again, but Josh and Sam, you guys have daughters. How would you feel if that had happened to your daughter? Uh, well, first of all, let's not go there, number one. Um, yeah, let's not go there, number one. That's, that's, I don't want to go there, but I don't condone any of that kind of behavior, not even a little bit. You know. So, Mike, as far as I, I still remember that joke him. you told me about mine. <laughs> yeah, well, that was well deserved, Josh. That was well deserved. Josh is a habitual line stepper. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say nothing now, Mike, can you? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it. I, you I'm just got canceled, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that was a very long time ago. I'll just, that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like going back to what you, your initial question, like would would I consider him canceled? In my opinion, um, I'll be honest with you, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know how it is. Um, I, I didn't listen to his shit before he even did that, so I really don't know. Um, to me, it makes no difference. You know, I, I won't listen to him either way. I didn't listen to him before. I won't listen to him now. Right? I just, I you know, to me. I feel like people that get canceled that I feel like, hey, they should be able to work again. And then there's other people where I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't feel right. It's like, does Harvey Weinstein deserve to work again? No. 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 Harvey Weinstein does not. But like Correct, some right? my, let me, uh, let me, I'm trying to think of one of the famous people that did some, um, that did some, uh, yeah. Wasn't there some chick on a show that was that was uh, involved in some sort of trafficking, uh, you know, scandal where they like branded the people? It was like nuts. I, I read this a couple years ago. Yeah, it was like sex trafficking. She was, a, but I forget what show she was on. But I, I don't know. There's like, for instance, Kevin Dave Chappelle and Kevin Dave Chappelle. They were trying to cancel him over some jokes about trans people. That didn't happen. Or well, if you make a comment. Let me let me talk. Morgan Wallen was the guy I was trying to think of. Morgan Wallen was canceled because he was drunk one night and he called his white friend the N word. He dropped the N word while wasted, not talking to a, a African American individual, but talking to a white male. And he was canceled for that. I don't think he should. I I don't think that deserves him not ever getting a chance to work or. Like some of these parents that they take of when they're doing somewhat racist things and they lose their jobs and they lose their livelihood because they have a bad moment of judgment. I don't think that's right. But I feel like sexual predators, if Louis C.K. was a normal guy, he wasn't a famous comedian, he didn't have a huge following, he would not work. Or at least, he, let's say you were a business CEO, right? Someone that made a ton of money like a stand-up comedian would. 
and then you got busted jerking off in front of your receptionist, okay? You would be put on a sexual predator list, and you're not getting another CEO job. At best, at best, maybe you're a manager at a fucking McDonald's. And that's if you're lucky, if they don't find out that you're a registered sex offender, you know? Exactly, exactly. Because the moment they do, you probably can't, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and you're getting a lawsuit bigger than shit. That company's going down. Uh, you also, Kyle Larson was another one that had the same type of incident as Morgan Wallen. He was on a Twitch playing some racing game, and he also mentioned the N word uh, when he got passed. Not thinking what he said, then you could hear the how quiet it got. And like, yeah. did did he just say that? He got fired. He was out of NASCAR for a year. Um, they did give him a car back uh, the next year. He ended up winning a championship. So, I mean, there's always there's, there's always like an isolated that was like an isolated incident, right? He doesn't have a history yeah. of of going yeah. around, you know, throwing around that term loosely, right? Correct, and that's the same thing with Morgan Wallen. But I think a lot of it it's it's so politicized for what which way you you lean. You lean left, you say the words. You do anything, oh, it's totally fine. You lean right, guess what? We want you canceled. You can't do this. You can't do that. So everything is politicized. You lean to the left, you're going to get away with it. Look at Black Lives Matter. But you know what's crazy? I think it's also mansion. I also think it's like it's location-based. And why I say that is because here in Detroit, right next to Detroit is a a very – heavily populated foreign foreigner uh, town. Um, and this town has a lot of Arabs, a lot of Indians, a lot of, uh, you know, a different groups of people, Greeks. Um, and and I, I'm telling you, I've hung out with these guys in more than enough times. Their friends that are African-American call them the N-word, and they say it back, and they have, like, a past to say it because they grew up in Detroit, you know. it's It's very strange. They shouldn't be able to have the past, I guess, based on culture, but they do. Well, it's crazy. You're talking about culture. Um, everybody that's going across the border now, Guatemala and Honduran, not, not, a lot of people don't realize they hate Mexican people. Yeah, you're right. The Guatemalans and Honduran, they hate Mexican people, absolutely despise them. Yep. And the same people, they also like hate black people. And they also hate black people. There, there, there's a big issue between that. So culturally, every culture is different, so every, everybody takes it separately. But as soon as you're a white man, you're, you're wiped off. Like it, no matter what, what it was, yeah. what it, if it was an accident or whatnot, they want you canceled. But Josh, we talked about this before. Will Smith slapping Chris, Ho- Chris Rock was apparently a product of white supremacy in 400 years. Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, one of the ra- so, show hosts uh, said it was Donald Trump that caused it. So you're, you're telling me. Oh, I can't believe. I, I literally I can't believe. I can't believe they made that statement. Like that, that's probably. <laughs> I don't know. I. I, I wonder when people make these kind of comments. I wonder if they're actually thinking when they're saying the words that they're saying or not. You know, Kawhi's got something for that. Good luck. Well, oh, well, right, I mean, one. you look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk just uh, <laughs> bought all the Twitter. Yep. Elon Musk is one of the main person people that, in Twitter now. Tucker Carlson on a Monday said, "Watch the narrative change. He's going to be a racist." Two days later. He's considered a racist. Oh, All because like, oh. the narrative. And he also stepped down yeah. too from the board as well. That's why their, their stock plunged again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, move, moving on from that, I want to talk about this, which uh, is the government uh, taking action when it's not really needed. But uh, six attorney generals urge NFL to take swift action action to improve conditions for female employees, promise to prosecute needed. To me, this feels a lot like Congress getting involved in baseball steroids. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know, you know, this was, this uh, letter was signed by um, New York agent 
Keisha James, and it was co-signed by the Attorney General of Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oregon, and Washington. I, I get it. I'm sure that there's a lot of employees that get misled, but that's no different than any other male-based, uh, male-based, like centric uh, place. Do you think there's probably a lot of female employees that get harassed at the WWE, or how how about how about at other uh, male-centric and? Uh, Hollywood forever. Why are why aren't our attorney generals saying, "Hey, we're going to hold movie studios uh, accountable for the treatment of female actresses"? Why is and, it? And these movie studios make way more money than the NFL. Yes, they do. I mean, like, look, I'm not saying that the NFL. I'm just saying these, uh, in consideration to other, uh, you know, male-centric, male-dominated sports like Hollywood generates a ton of money, right? Now, if you go, you're your, your top studios and you demand that, that they start changing things. And, and I'm sure they're not going to, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that happening. I see P- attorney generals getting paid off by someone in Hollywood and, and hush hush and it's gone. Right. What, what states did you say it was Mike? You said Oregon, Washington, Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, Massachusetts, Illinois, and then the New, the New York New York City uh, AG uh, Latisha James. What what all what all do they have in common? They're left. They're Democrats. They're all left. They're all blue states. That's yeah. that's the issue right there. It's being politicized. Why? Expound, expound on that, Josh. I mean, every everything going on right now in the world, in the United States, everything is politicized. So let let's let the government get into every part of somebody's life. They're in our healthcare. We bailed out the car industry. They're trying to change the car industry to make everything electric. Um, tran- transportation. How many issues have we had with flights being canceled? Everything that's going on with that, um, the whole new Green Deal. The government wants their hands in every single aspect of somebody's lives. Sports has been politicized. Church has been politicized. Everything so at, at what point, in America. How can you say it's a democracy then if they're fully involved in, in everyone's life? Then is that not a? That's really not a democracy now, is it? It's that's why there's a lot of fighting between Republicans and Democrats because the Republicans see it and the Democrats don't see it. They only see, oh, this is so great. This is so great. Let's let's change America to be the socialism type country like a Venezuela. No, no. America Get rid was of built the on the fact that, yeah, dude, we were built on, you know, in the sense where you know, you, you, you have your capitalism, you have, you have things that are generating and moving things forward for the country you focus on that i don't believe in any of it like that's i i have to agree with you on that like the left is just very i don't know i i will tell you one thing disturbing man whether anybody believes me or not is the reason why they are letting all these immigrants in is because they know they are losing the black vote the black vote they're starting to smarten up they're starting to pay attention more and they're starting to turn red so how do they counteract that? They let these immigrants in. They change the voting laws so you don't have to have an ID. You can you don't have to be a citizen anymore to vote in our elections. You change the they're going to start voting left because we're giving them money. We're going to give them free housing. That's how they're doing it. You, you want to hear something funny? I know I agree, I completely agree with you, but like me being a foreigner, right? I, I, I tell this to Michael all the time. You know, I came, we came to this country in the 80s, right? So I grew up in New Jersey, proper New Jersey my entire life, right? So we had a different type of struggle. And the people that are coming in now, I can be racist to my own kind if I want to. I don't want them motherfuckers in here, bro. They should be going through the same <laughs> shit that we went through to get here, you know? Exactly. 100% agree with you. If you, go, if you come in the right way, I have no problem with you being here. You come in That's the way that it works, right? Oh yeah, I you agree. And I, 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 I don't I hate feel like say. handing out shit to them. I don't. I don't feel like handing shit out to people coming to the country because 
in a way, it sounds kind of selfish because I didn't get that hand handout in the 80s, you know? We had to do it nope. differently. You guys should have to do it the same goddamn way. Well, to be fair, unlike Hispanics or other people that migrate to this company or country, uh, Asian and Chinese people and Indians don't come to this country to be homeless or thugs. You know, we're usually doctors or lawyers or IT. Agreed. Agreed. But like, but yeah. the start of some of these like hot, like educated people that that rise to positions in, in companies and do good for whatever, right? It is it's the start of a lot of those families is struggle when coming to this country first, and like these other people that are now coming in are being given money, you know, and a place to yep. live and, you know, free food. Like we didn't have, I didn't have it. We didn't have any of that. I would have loved some free food growing up, man. <laughs> and you, uh, ne- well, you never know what's going across this border right now either. You have I'm no idea what's coming across. Off. Going to cut <laughs> as, as I'm starting to sweat a little bit, unsure of what's going to come out next. So uh, uh, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't say anything to offend anybody. <laughs> oh no, I, neither would I. Right. Uh, real quick, uh, I just want to touch on this real quick and get your guys' opinion. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, and I want to move to baseball and and get your guys' opinions on some things. But Grambling's volleyball women's volleyball coach who's only been on the job for a few months, came in and cut the entire damn team. She cut the entire team and is now going to the transfer portal to bring, in, to bring in new players. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, they went 11-17 last year. Um, I I. I don't know, man. You cut an entire team. Like, what is that saying? And I get it. You know, players transfer out. They get a new – but you're doing this. There's four months before the season starts. You have people that were on scholarships. What if they can't get a scholarship to a new school now? Um, you know, and then they, they got college – now they got a college education that they weren't planning on paying for because their coach decided to cut the entire team. All uh, I can say is – it's her team. She can do whatever she wants with that team. She wants to cut everybody. She is. She has the right to cut everybody. Is it the right thing to do? Absolutely not. Um, so it is her right. And like you said, the transfer portal, the NIL, that has a big thing to do with college sports now. They, they took away the ability yeah. for these coaches, and now the coaches are, are taking it back. They're taking the power back. Okay. No, I I definitely agree with you, Josh. Like, I why give them the ability to cut, and then say that you can't do that, right? Because you gave, you know, the ability to go ahead and cut if you have to. Now you have to deal with the consequences that happen after. Exactly. Well, see, I've never seen a coach. I've never seen a coach cut the entire team and be successful. So we'll see how. Yeah, I don't think it's hey. right. Just like Josh said, I don't definitely don't think it's right. But like you gave her, you know, she has the ability to do that. So I guess she did. Yeah. I mean, she did come. She did have a thirteen and three team in that league the year before. So I mean, she she obviously can coach. So I guess uh, we'll give her give her the time and see what happens. Yeah. All right. I want to go to baseball real quick, and before we talk about teams or whatever, it's baseball. Honestly popularity so much um and really the the initial downfall for baseball's popularity was 1994 when they lost the world series due to the player strike um it, it picked up in popularity a little bit during the home run chase of sosa and mcguire but then all the steroid stuff came out and then that was another black mark on the sport again so there's a couple things that i think are wrong with baseball and I think it needs some freshness. But one of the big things that I think is wrong with baseball is where are all the marketable American stars? And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having foreign stars in your league. We've seen it in the NBA. We've seen it in um, – well, we, don't, we haven't seen it in the NFL. But we've seen it in the NBA with Luka and Dirk Nowitzki and some of these other guys. But baseball as a whole, either they're top American stars 
you would have a hard time to figure out. Or they are stars from uh, from South America or overseas. You look at the biggest stars today, Ronald Acuna, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, you know, Carlos Carrera. A lot of these guys are not uh, – Shohei Atani. They're not American stars. And the American stars that we do have, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, um, are very – like, Josh, I'm sure you watch baseball. I'm sure you know who Mike Trout is. But if Mike Trout was in a bar, would you immediately know who that was? Probably, just because I know what he looks like. But, I mean, I think you're right. I'd miss him. Um, You're not going to tell a lot of them. I would miss him the first time and then catch it the second time around. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably be the same way. I might miss him doing a glance by, but I'd probably recognize him after. Let me ask you guys now. Um, But, I mean, I can say the same thing about any other player in the MLB. If if they're not on my team, the Reds, I won't know what they look like. But, But, I mean, except for this year, I don't know all of them. But uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Back in the 90s, would you have missed Frank Thomas, Roger Clemens, or Ken Griffey Jr.? Nah, never. No. Or <laughs> Randy Johnson, for that matter? Randy Johnson? You would yeah. Barry Bonds? Cal no. Ripken? No, I wouldn't miss Cal any of these guys. There's no way you guys would have missed those guys. Cause they Dion, were Dion Sanders? Dion Sanders, yeah, he's a football player too. But, like, Bo Jackson – these guys were in commercials. Where? When's the last time you saw a baseball player in a in a broad national commercial? I mean, baseball's yeah. They all have, the, all their stars the have like regional. I think they have regional endorsements. More, they focus more on their regional endorsements. Their you know um, uh, car dealerships, local car dealerships, and stuff like that. I haven't seen a baseball commercial in a long time, bro. I haven't like Ken Griffey Jr. used to be everywhere, man. Ken Griffey Jr. was everywhere. He had, a, I think, he even had a Saturday morning cartoon, if I'm not mistaken. And well, we, like, and I told, I, I said this months ago, Sam. The last baseball player to host Saturday Night Live was Derek Jeter in 2002, 18, 20 years ago. They're not baseball players are not pop culture icons any longer. And I think that that's a way you got to get baseball back. You got to start appearing in stuff. Basketball players appear on Saturday Night Live. They appear in commercials. You see LeBron James. You see Steph Curry. NFL players, the same thing. You see them everywhere. Baseball players are as anonymous as hockey players. Well, you, yeah, look, you I wouldn't be able money. to spot any hockey player, bro. Neither would I. You you start following the money. You you look at why people follow teams and why they watch baseball. In the '90s, in the early '90s, you could have you could have any team go in and win a championship, as long as they had the right pieces. Now, in order for you to win a championship, you got to have a two hundred million dollar roster. Well, That's not how not it was in the time. '90s. Not all, not the, all time. the time. You, you see Tampa Bay, Bay you see the Marlins, the Kansas City the Royals won the World Series a few years ago. Kansas City Royals won the World Series a few years ago. Uh, but what I'm talking I, about I, is you, the casual fan. They don't. That's what they don't like. They don't like seeing these these teams spend two hundred million dollars. They're like, well, shit, my team's out. So why am I going to pay attention to them? They won't pay attention no, to I their get, team unless that team is winning. Yeah. So I mean, how many, Louis? You're in Cincinnati. How many Reds can you actually name off that team right now? After they just released uh, almost what half the team. I can probably not half the team. I, I I can name you. I bet you I can name you eight players on the team right now. You can probably do the starting nine. No, not necessarily. But you got Nick Dolo. You got Hunter Green. You got Luis Castillo. Zoe Votto. You got Jonathan India. Um, you got Nick Senzel. Um, I know they. You know, uh, I'm struggling. To- Kyle Farmer, who's Kyle, Kyle Farmer? Who's your second yeah. India's first? Um, and then Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Stevenson. Stevens, your catcher. Yeah. And then Tyler Malley. He's your, one of your starters. Yeah. So, you but if, you, if you're not a if you're not a a, uh, a sports guy, you're not, what you care about is these these players that are going to be with your team for a long time. 
players aren't like that anymore. So a lot of the casual fans, they quit watching baseball. They don't care about it as much as they do. You look at the fans now, it's college football and it's NFL. It is, and, and NBA, too, to that matter, NBA. But MLB has gone from being a national pastime to being a regional sport. It is a regional sport where places like St. Louis, Cincinnati, Boston, baseball is still extremely popular. It's a baseball town. But then, but like, uh, nobody in California or care about what the Reds and Cardinals are doing. Right? Exactly. It's, it's a national. It's not a national sport anymore. It's very localized and regional. But I also feel like the game has to be changed a little bit. The season is also incredibly long. It's 162 games. Uh, You know, maybe if you cut it down to, like, 138 and shaved a month off the season. Uh, Colin Cowherd brought up something very interesting on his show, and he's like, listen, by the time baseball is ramping up, you have the start of college football and the NFL. And there's no competing with that. Baseball is getting interesting the end of August and throughout September. That's the pennant race. What's starting then? Your World Series is being played in October in the middle of college football and NFL. Now, if, if you're Major League Baseball, you should run your season so that your season is over at the beginning of August. The season's over at the beginning of August, and you have your playoffs, and then maybe the World Series is starting in September. NFL is just kicking off in September, so maybe no one's, you know, quite invested in that yet. And college football hasn't gotten really to conference games yet. And you still have a chance to grab hold of the nation. By the time the season's wrapping up and your playoffs are starting, the NFL's like in week six. College football is getting to conference champion, or no, I'm sorry, not conference championships, but conference games, like big time conference games, and nobody's paying attention. No, so you you're you're 100 right. Yeah, I will tell you one thing. Season, yeah. Uh, uh, you give me the option. You're gonna you're gonna give me Reds tickets, diamond seats, best seats at the Reds game, or you're gonna yeah. give me Ohio State tickets to one of the worst teams. I'm going to pick that Ohio State ticket all day long. I won't do the Reds. Now, sure you're now. Now, let me ask you. If you get diamond seats to the Reds in a playoff series, let's say they're playing the Braves in the, in the, NLC, in the NLBS, okay, and Ohio State is playing Akron, which game are you going to? Probably going to go to the NLBS game. I'll probably end right. up doing that. Right, because people – because when it comes down to it, people want to go to playoff atmosphere-type People want to go to playoff atmosphere-type games. But the problem with baseball is it's such a long season that a lot of times, if your team's out of it before the All-Star break, how much are you really paying attention? But if you shorten the season and you make, you, you make it exciting – and, you know, and you can't, you know, the Reds might be bad now for the next five years. Who knows? But baseball has got to change some of the rules a little bit to also make the game more exciting. And I'm tired of these unwritten rules being enforced by old guys or wannabe enforcers of the rules who don't like a player's home run celebration. They don't like them trotting the first base. You know what? My, my, my coach used to say, if you don't like them, stop them from doing it. That's why I don't care if a team runs up the score. If you don't like it, stop them from getting in the fucking end zone. And if you don't like someone sitting there staring at the ball after they just hit a 440-foot bomb off you, don't let them hit a home run off you. Stop them from doing it. And uh, too many times we get these guys that, that don't like the celebrations, they don't like the flash, and they, they want to – and it's okay if we run slightly over on this. But, Sam, any thoughts on the topic? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what Josh said. Like, you don't really pay attention to the team, especially your hometown team, unless they're kind of winning or they put on some sort of streak or they're, you know, um, uh, you know, chasing a wild card and getting close or whatever the case is, right? So, um, I mean, I, again, 
uh, you know, you don't have that marketability, I think, with baseball as you do with other, uh, you know, sports. But like you said, if you shorten the season, maybe more people will watch. That's a good. That's a pretty good uh, shot at changing it. Yeah, I, I can see that. Shortening the season would be a lot better. Um, I love the idea that they got rid of the um, the shift. I think that ruined baseball for years. Um, yeah, yeah, I know it's all scientific, but people watch for hits. One of the best hitters is on the Reds team with Joey Votto. How many more hits yeah. would that man have if it wasn't for the shift? We've had players retire because of the shift. So them getting rid of it, I think, was one of the best ideas they had. It's going to make the game more exciting. Uh, like you said, shorten the season. You make it end yeah. in September. Hey, you know what? July, August, this is your playoff run. Get and you there, know, it'll give people something to watch for because everything, everything, it'll give people something to watch for because everything is on pause. NBA playoffs done. NFLs like you know OTAs and like minicamp and stuff like that. You know, no one really cares. Uh, it'll give people something to watch in the summer. Yeah. That's yeah. why I think I mean, the season, should end, season should end in August, and the playoffs should be starting end of August, beginning of September. And, but, yeah, but we need more balls hit in play. There's too many strikeouts. They need to start stealing bases again. They need to start doing this thing. There used to be a time where the league leader in steals was stealing 90 to 100 bases. Now the league leader in steals steals like 40. And they need, they need like, a three-point explosion the way the NBA did. Got kind <laughs> of, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 100% yeah. agree. Maybe, like, what if you did this? Now, people are going to freak out about this, but what if you did this? If you steal a base, you get an extra out for the inning. Whoa. That's an incentive. Right? Yeah, because absolutely. Most good base dealers are 75 to 80% successful, okay? So if I got one – if I got two outs in the inning already – and I got a guy on first who's pretty fast, and I still second. Well, now, wow, look at that. I just – I got two – You altered I, the game completely. I got two outs now still. I, I you know, I, I, I now instead of having one more out, I got I got two outs left in the inning, and maybe now I can bump the guy over to third and then try to bring him in. But you add some excitement, and I know the baseball purists are going to be like, fuck that shit, that sounds like fucking – like just terrible, but you got to do something to spice up the game a little bit. You got to do something, make it exciting again. And honestly, nobody, the, the NBA has gotten boring because all it is is three pointers and free throws. And, and then baseball got boring because all it is is home runs and strikeouts. And it's not exciting anymore. Put the ball in play, leg out, a, leg out a grounder to first base fucking walk, steal some bases, do see, here, something. Here, here's one thing I'm just going to point out. Like, the changes that you make to the game, if the, the exponential increase in that also shortens the lifespan of that. So, like, this three-point explosion with the NBA, initially it brought a lot of more viewers and people just watching it just for exciting purposes or whatever it was, right? And then now you have – People shying away from it, saying that, you know what, everyone's just shooting 63s a game. You know, the whole game is just either clanks or swishes, right? It's crazy. So, uh, you know, you have to find a middle ground. And unfortunately, man, none, none of these sports can beat the NFL when it comes to that. They can't. They just can't. They can't. And even college, I would say even college football for that matter, right? Because analytics haven't, haven't seeped into the NFL yet. It's not like they're saying, okay, nobody, nobody's running the football anymore because it's better to do a two-yard pass than it is to hand the ball off. And that may be true, but it hasn't seeped – analytics hasn't seeped in to ruin, the, to ruin football yet like it has with baseball and NBA to an extent. I think it, start, it, start, it kind of has with, like, players now coming off of injuries, uh, they get a snap count, you know. Um, uh, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't protect a player, but don't even bring him in until he's fully 100% healthy then, you know. Don't come in and put him on a snap count and try to change the game a little bit here and there. That's short-lived, right? In my opinion, it's short-lived. But 
All right, guys, that is all the time that we have. Um, Thank you for joining us in. Uh, Thank you, Josh, for joining us in. Uh, Hopefully we'll talk to you next week. I know you're going on vacation here to Gatlinburg on Wednesday, so we'll miss you on uh, Friday's show. But hopefully Monday you'll be back, and then hopefully Tommy will be able to join us on Monday as well. So uh, that's all the time we have here on the Cover Podcast. We thank you for joining us, and Harlan, heap you and take us out. Thanks, everybody. Peace.